You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. Now Hear This is a conversation with leaders in Indianapolis that are working to improve the lives of Hoosiers. Our goal is to empower you to join in their work and make a difference while informing you about the unseen aspects of life in Indiana. If you miss an episode, you can listen via podcast at nowhearthisindy.com. Today on the program, we are revisiting the arts, and we are talking to the general director, David Starkey, of the Indianapolis Opera. Their website is indieopera.org, and they have just been given several generous grants. And David, first and foremost, thank you for coming on the program. Can you... Can you, start, can you start with what is the indie opera? I, I imagine there are some people listening going, I didn't even know we had an opera. So tell us a little bit about what it is. Well, yes, uh, that, is, seems, that seems to be a very important question because there are certain sectors of our community that are extremely enthusiastic about the arts, the performing arts, singing, and you know that sort of all culminates into opera. Uh, you know, opera is sort of the top of the food chain where it's instrumental, uh, theater, dance, acting, singing, just, you know, the whole thing. And so it's a very appealing art form to a lot of different people, but it's also a sort of a niche. So the broader public, it's not really something that's very much on their radar until now. And the reason that it is because opera along with the other performing arts uh, in our time period here, 2020 and 2021, uh, had to go dark. And now there is a desire and appreciation uh, like never before, not because of missing the opera shows that the opera companies would do, but it's being able to see and be a part of live music and live theater and singing. And singing is live is one of the most powerful experiences all mankind can experience. So, it's really taking on a completely different kind of evolution. Um, and there is only one opera company, professional opera company in Indianapolis, or I mean, in Indiana, and that's the Indianapolis Opera. Um, and a great city has to have great art and great culture uh, to diversify its place. And opera is a key part of that uh, sophistication and maturity. And that is a testament to Indianapolis. I have been advising friends, you know, if it doesn't seem to be uh, like common sense that you'd invest in event companies right now. But when I talk to friends and family, I just get the sense that once we're kind of the vaccine starts to really kick in as it's starting to show and people are able to go to a lot of events and do things that we're just going to see an explosion of attendance at things like the Indianapolis Opera. Are, what what are you hearing from people and how eager are they to go out or is the virus still a major concern in, in keeping people from attending events? You know, I'm, I sort of equated it to two type of scenarios. First of all, you know, when this all happened, I looked at it from the standpoint is that there was one giant car crash and uh, there were a lot of people that survived. There were some people that got hurt. There were some people that they died. But I felt like people overreacted from the standpoint of saying, okay, now all cars are unsafe to drive, so don't drive them anymore. And then we're going to come up with ways to protect you. And that's sort of like the airbag. And so it would be like passing a law saying you can only drive a car with an airbag. Well, 
we're sort of figuring it out that that doesn't really make sense. It helps um, and it brings comfort, but we live in a life of risk. But to counter that risk is also a life of joy and, and beautiful moments. And if you don't have those beautiful moments, like a wildfire comes along and just scorches the earth, but what comes after it is an amazing array of new growth, uh, flowers and trees and landscape that was possibly more effervescent and robust than it was before. So I do agree with you. I don't know if it's going to be a quick return, but I do think it's going to be an enthusiastic return of not only opera patrons that miss it, but people that are now going to desire live uh, music, live singing, live theater that they took for granted. And I know people would love to think that the internet and the digital and virtual, all these different things is really the way of the future. And it is in a small way, but people cannot be denied being around people and being among cultural, beautiful, music art moments. It is part of our culture and our society, and it will always be. And it's just not going to be eradicated. It's actually going to come back better. You know, I tend to really agree with that. And I think, you know, it's a smart way to put it. I mean, I'm sure as you as you move into the spring 2021 season, you're still thinking about people's safety and how can you keep your artist and, and attendees safe. What are some things that you're doing at your live events that you're you're going to make sure that you know everybody who everybody feels somewhat comfortable? Well, I think it starts out by the two key the two key things that people care about, and that's am I safely distanced from people so that I can so that I can manage the circulation of how I'm around people, and knowing that people have arrived healthy and that they are having the mask protection. Sure, these things are going to slightly, over time, um, evaporate into, um, you know, less than uh, mandated protocol. But I think people are still going to be looking for um, those careful, safe experiences and environments where those things are attended to. Um, And that's what the performing arts, I think, is going to take the lead on, is because, you know, we're in the business of hospitality. Um, and the, the venues that we have, um, are beautiful venues, but, you know, right now they're sitting empty, uh, and they deserve to be able to have people back in there and the arts back there performing. Um, but at the same time, we're going to be taking every care, uh, in the arts industry of the safety of the instrumentalists and dancers and singers and actors, as well as the audience. And um, we're going to continue to have a wonderful, beautiful experience. Um, and I think that's what people are saying, you know, um, you know, let me know what you're going to do. Uh, I'll decide how I can participate and uh, let's do it together. One of the last in-person recording sessions that I, I produced for um, the Leaders and Legends podcast was with Angela Brown there at the Basil. Is it I'm saying Basil. Basil. I knew I was saying Bazeal Opera Center. Opera That's Center. Right. And uh, it's a beautiful space, but it's about to get a whole lot more beautiful, I imagine. You've, you've actually been raising money, which I would think in this environment, David Starkey, uh, general director of the Indianapolis Opera, that's kind of a crazy concept. You're in the middle of this pandemic. Everybody shut down, so you're going to go out and start a capital campaign? 
yeah, that doesn't sound very logical. Um, thankfully, I have not been berated publicly for such a decision, but um, we are in an unprecedented time. Uh, the desire and the, the dream of this is probably 12 to 15 years old um, by the you know predecessors before me of leaders, James Carraher, uh, John Pickett, uh, and also amazing other board members uh, like Patty Kern and Arnie Hanish and Jimmy and Muffy James and, and others that I'm, you know, there's a long list. They, they, they've dreamed of this for years. I mean, the opera company's in its 46th year. It's, it's been around for a while. Um, and not as long as some other organizations, but, you know, it's, it's certainly getting into its, its, its maturity stage. But it's been a challenge to find a home for this opera company. And, and over the last 12 or 15 years, it's been connected with the former Greek Orthodox Church that was on the corner of 40th and Pennsylvania in Meridian Kessler neighborhood. It's a very historic neighborhood. It's a beautifully architectural building of the 1960s. Um, we have been in this building for about 10 years, um, but we've also been the sort of the anchor tenant um, and the manager of building an arts community in and around this building multiple or arts organizations like the symphonic choir or the men's choir or uh, IMEA state offices, which is the Indiana music educators association, um, uh, IMAC dance company. And, and the list is long along with Angela Brown voice studio. This is, this is a legend opera singer from Indianapolis, a dear friend of mine. She and I went to school to, together back in the day at, at Indiana university. And, you know, she is really, um, becoming a legend um, as far as what can an Indianapolis, you know, person born, bred, raised, and so on and so forth do. And she's going to have a permanent home where she's going to make this an education center of teaching and master classes and building upon that diversity and equity um, of our students in our community bringing the inner city kids into a reality that they too can be among the great arts uh, leaders of our community and of our country. And uh, so, yes, it's going to be the home of the Indianapolis opera, but it's also going to be the home of other arts organizations. It's going to be an incubator. Um, and we, we, this is the time we have to do it. Why is because our owner philanthropist, uh, Bill Osterley uh, came to us at the end of 2019 and said, I need you to buy the building. I need you to continue my legacy and my dream. Um, and he had some circumstances in his life that were irreversible. And we decided, uh, per his request, to step up. Uh, unbeknownst to what was going to happen in 2020, we still said yes. And we still went forward. And the funders and the community and the people are along with us and we are making amazing strides in the fundraising opportunity to buy the building this year, to renovate it, to put re uh, repairs into it and bring it into uh, a usage that can be appreciated and used by not only the Meridian Kester neighborhood, Midtown neighborhood, but many, many people. And uh, it's an honor and we're humbled to be able to do that, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to take the lead and do it. So we really have time for just a couple more quick questions. Is Does this money go towards rehabbing the space? Does it go towards programming? How, how does the money that you're raising, uh, how will it be used? 
it's really straightforward. It's three three segments. Um, part of it's going to go to purchase it. Part of it is going to go to repair it and renovate it. And part of it is going to go towards an endowment to help us to be able to, to carry uh, responsibly the operational uh, necessities that we need to do to run it each year. It will not go to programming. That's the responsibility of the Indianapolis Opera Company um, to run its education and artistic programming. So this is all money being raised just for the building and for the endowment to run the building and to have it in a very stable and healthy place. Uh, I think that approach has been very um, attractive to people in the community, uh, that we've kept it really straight and forward and very transparent. And, um, and that way, we also believe that that is the best way for us to be a very good steward to the other arts organizations to have a top-notch building in an affordable business manner uh, for each of them as and if they need it. Very good. So give us just a quick preview. If, if people want to come and see the shows, what's coming up and how can they get involved? And are you still raising money? Uh, can people donate? How can the listeners get involved in what you're doing at IndieOpera.org? There's two, there's two ways, and thanks for letting me answer this question, because you can go to our website, IndieOpera.org, and we right now have digital education material for all students of Indianapolis. Uh, students in the state of Indiana can be able to be a part of that educational material to help them with the classroom. That's a really big passion of ours. We haven't announced it yet, but we are looking at doing programming uh, in the public uh, in April and in May, and hopefully throughout the summer into the fall. So soon we're going to be announcing some really great indoor and outdoor events that are going to be designed specifically with social distancing and health guidelines for us to be able to give you great programming. So stay tuned to that website. But for the capital campaign, there is information on our website, which I scan is indieopera.org. And it tells you how you can get involved, how you can call me, how you can email me, how you can reach out to the Indianapolis Opera and say, I want to help. You could even just go online to our donation page and give a donation online and say capital campaign. We've had people do that. But if you want to be able to understand how the campaign is really structured and how maybe you're looking at a larger gift and we have a multi-year giving plan. We know how to help you with that. And we've got great people ready to be able to take your phone call or respond to your email. Once again, that's IndieOpera.org. All right, great. Thank you so much, David Starkey, General Director of the Indianapolis Opera, for coming on the program. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to be able to speak to your audience out there. And let's, uh, let's have a great 2021. Again, their website is IndieOpera.org. Thanks for listening to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. If you missed any portion of our program, you can listen on our website, NowHearThisIndie.com. If you'd like to have your organization featured on the show, please email Gabby at NowHearThisIndie at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks for listening, and we will be back again next weekend with Now Hear This. Was America founded on oppression? Or... Have we always strived towards a higher ideal? This is Caleb Franz, host of Profiles in Liberty, and I am very excited to let you know that the second season of the podcast is now airing. 
Every Thursday, join me on a journey of discovery as you hear about the men and women who fulfill the promise of 1776. Season 2 of Profiles in Liberty, The Equalizers, is now airing exclusively on the We Are Libertarians podcast network.